Spider-Man wants to get with Batman's girlfriend. While Spider-Man's sister, Wednesday Adams, is making out with Frodo. And Frodo's mom is Ellen Ripley. <laughs> Welcome to Recotopia, a happy home for recommended movies, shows, and music from two people you can definitely trust. Trustability varies by region, no guarantee is implied. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Atkinson and Jeremy Scott. Dear Lord, thank you for this Thanksgiving holiday and for all the material possessions that we have and enjoy and for letting us white people kill all the Indians and steal their Wendy. tribal lands and stuff ourselves like pigs, okay. even though children okay. in Asia are being napalmed. Okay. Jesus, and enough, all right. Paul, roll. Thank you. Gravy. Uh-huh. What is up, everybody? This howdy, is howdy, howdy. episode 10 of Recotopia. It is Ooh. also Sin Week, uh, as we are talking now. We're going to be doing two episodes this week, although we for are. a lot of you out there who just listen to the feed, it's going to just be normal for you guys. You're going to yeah. hear going to hear this, this one next week, and then you'll hear the one after that the following week. So... Uh, but uh, welcome to everyone in the chat who has come to uh, watch us live talk about this. Today's uh, big recommend came from Jeremy. It is The Ice Storm yeah. uh, from 1997, Ang Lee. Um, and uh, anyway, yeah, I'm Chris Atkinson. And I am Jeremy Scott. Cool, cool. And uh, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, let's uh, we uh, do our some of our small recommends. You want to start some small recommends? It's no big deal. It's so small and light. It's small. It's tiny. It's petite. It's wee. All right, and I'll uh, I'll jump right in there with the movie I was watching last night. All right, uh, hadn't seen in maybe five or six years. Uh, Ender's Game. Ooh. Um, this is uh, Asa Butterfield and Haley Steinfeld, Harrison Ford, Ben Kingsley. Um, a lot of, lot of great acting in this, and uh, I don't think this movie is that. I don't think this movie is an A+. No. I do think this movie is really enjoyable uh, mm -hmm. and better than the trailers gave it uh, or made it seem. It is certainly uh, that. I believe it helps a great deal uh, to know as little as possible, like to have not read the book. If mm -hmm. I had read the book before I saw this movie, it might have played a little different for me. Um, but because I went in blind, um, uh, especially the last third of this movie, I really, really dug mm -hmm. game video game stuff where he plays is a little strange for me. And some of the flashbacks to life at home, I'm not sure need to be there, mm -hmm. but this is not a long movie. It gets right to the point. Um, <clears throat> I think Asa Butterfield is great in everything. Um, and, uh, it's, it's really, really interesting premise, uh, a kind of a twist on the alien invasion, um, trope. I think you like this movie. Is that I do. correct? I yeah. do. And I read the book, uh, back in college, um, and, uh, really loved the book. And I even read the book after that, the speaker for the dead. Um, 
Oh, I didn't even know there was a sequel. Yeah, there's there's a series of Ender uh, okay, wow. books. One's called Xenocide and another one, I think there's another one after that too. I don't remember, uh, but there's like four or five books in that series. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, Ender's Game uh, is, uh, is one of those, that, you know, having the book in mind while watching the movie, the movie gets to its conclusion like it seems way too fast. Uh, because there's, it's, it seems a little bit more protracted in the book. I guess that's, you know, because it's a book, I guess, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, it seems like the, it seems like the payoff is a lot more, um, I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot more to it, but the movie, I, I still think the movie is pretty good. I think if you're a hardcore fan of this book, that's probably why you weren't like a super fan of this. And maybe, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's not, it's not perfect, but man, I did like it a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, in fairness, it's like a 62 on Rotten Tomatoes. So, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't get great reviews. Uh, but it is a 6.6 on IMDb, which is a, a notoriously harsher than Rotten Tomatoes for some reason. Yeah. Um, so uh, <clears throat> I really enjoyed it. That's my first small recommend. Nice. This, uh, this is probably going to be my first ever uh, non-movie one. Um, uh, I have been spending inordinate amount of time playing this Elden Ring game, uh, <laughs> and uh, when you, it's 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 honestly dangerous to um, say you're making this open world video game thing. You, I hear that, and I hear that it's good. I want to play it immediately, and so I, you know, lucked out. I got a PS5. I bought this bought this game with it, and I've been doing nothing but that uh with you know on that system since i have two other games that came with the bundle that i bought have not really touched those um (laughs) this 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 game here's the thing i i dark souls i played dark souls back you know on uh, the switch when it came out on the switch um dark souls is one of those games that i think you have to have this is going to sound really like asshole of me to say you have to have a, a, a kind of character that can deal with this kind of fucking game. Um, you have to have a lot of patience. I think you have to have so much patience that it's it, it like it, you probably, you, you, I don't know. There's probably something wrong with you to have this much patience to <laughs> with a game. Um, and, uh, and, and this, like every boss battle in this thing, these, these guys have, to use a poker term, they have some of the most tilting abilities uh, ever. Uh, you get in there and you're and you're and you're battling some boss, and it's like, okay, I need to make sure I do this and this and this, and I got to do it really quick, and I got to get out of the way, and I've got to come back in for the attack, and then blah 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 blah, and then suddenly they have some other attack that shows up out of nowhere, and you're like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, we had a deal here, Elden Ring. Uh, this, this boss only has this amount of abilities. Now all of a sudden he has this ability as well. But I'll tell you what, when you come up with a strategy to beat these bosses and you finally vanquish them, there's such a satisfaction to it. And plus just being able to explore these huge worlds and just wander around and, and, you know, find things, find secret things and everything, uh, is, is, is a lot of fun. But my God, man, these battles will just absolutely drain you sometimes. And you're just like, you know, uh, (laughs) it's just one of those things where 
uh, one thing that they, one thing that a lot of these big characters have in there, they have some sort of stomp uh, attack where either they stomp on you if they're a big huge big huge creature they'll stomp on you or they just can stomp the ground and the ground comes up from from uh, you know from here and it can stop you and stun you and when you get stunned forget it they're going to come in and just just annihilate you in two swipes uh, when that happens and every time you get caught up in one of those things it's like come on you know why does everybody have a stomp why is the stomp anyway uh i've I've been having a lot of fun with this game it's been taking up hours of my time and i and i feel guilty when i play like six hours in a row and like sitting there going i could be doing more productive things with my life but this is this is a lot of fun right now what's that space game come on commenters help me out there's a space game you might like it i played it when it first released three four five years ago um and it's like basically the universe you can go to as many planets as you wish to and they all have oh different, uh, uh, i know what you're talking life. about yeah and they've apparently added and patched that game over and over since then <laughs> no man's sky thank you no Patrick. man's sky that's right Patrick coming in with the with the mm. save there uh mm-hmm. you might check that game out now i i should go back to it because it was it was pretty buggy when i played it but they've also mm-hmm. added a bunch of creatures and also with Elden Ring, I read if you if you like opt in, players can like jump into your game and like ambush you and try and take your experience points and shit. That's wild. I think so. Yeah, I I have not. I I tend to single player this stuff, and um, I'm very old school that way. Uh, I may be open for multiplayer type stuff later, but, uh, I, <laughs> if there's a, if there's a situation where someone can take your entire, like experience points or whatever, I, no thanks. Yeah, no exactly. thought. It takes so much time to build up your character in this. I have, I have on days just mindlessly went through some of the same things over and over again so that I could build character points. Oh, I'm not wow. going to let some dick white come in <laughs> and steal it over because they, you know, happen to have some good sword of some sort. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, Jeffrey says they really turned No Man's Sky around into a great game. So that's uh, interesting. Like, yeah, because people like me only heard about when it first launched, and uh, where it was like, oh, well, this was not what everybody was expecting. I remember it being one of the most hyped games ever, and then when it came out, everybody was like, oh, well, this is not all that good, is it? And uh, yeah. but I have heard I have heard some whisperings that it was, but I thought I, I thought it was the type of whisperings that from the cult though, where oh. it was like oh it was like oh it's it's actually better than you think or whatever. Yeah, you're but wrong. I, but I guess yeah. I guess this is something that's become a mainstream view maybe on No Man's uh, Sky. I think I think it's got a, a little bit bigger than a cult following, uh, and certainly not uh, the the positive things you hear about it today are not like cultist views that i think it's genuinely gotten better and better uh, mm-hmm. but I, if i put that game in today i bet it's got i don't know how many days worth of updates that i have to wait before oh, yeah. able to play that shit no doubt so yeah the bad thing about video games today is that they keep tinkering all right my second small recommend for this week is a very uh very big recommend in a small mm-hmm. package mm-hmm. uh right around the time i was watching yellow jackets um a tv show that i loved Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine, friend of the show, producer of the show, Aaron, tweeted out something about Station Eleven. 
okay. on HBO Max. And this stars Mackenzie Davis. And he tweeted so positively uh, that I said, I, I will check out an episode of that show. And it took me about an episode of that show to get hooked. Um, and it is hard to... Okay, this is about a pandemic, a mm -hmm. flu that wipes out 99% of the population of Earth. And 15, 20 years later, I think, <clears throat> we're following a lot of the same characters we started following when the pandemic hit, especially Mackenzie Davis's character. She's a young actress on the stage working with a famous Broadway actor who collapses on stage the night the pandemic hits. She ends up with this unexpected caregiver. Uh, <clears throat> and in the future, after the pandemic, uh, she's part of an acting troupe that goes around like Lake Michigan every year doing Shakespeare for settlements and towns along the way. Um, <clears throat> and this show is so freaking layered. Uh, it is prestige level of plotting. Hmm. Um and it continues to revisit moments you've seen before with, but now you have new knowledge or you gain a different perspective. Um, <clears throat> like there's, there's a scene where the little girl, so the little girl's obsessed with this uh, graphic novel. And there's only like three copies of this graphic novel. Uh, and it's what, how, what, how she escapes from this hell of a post pandemic life by just reading this obsessively. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> And she goes out one day and her caregiver is gone and her graphic novel is on the ground and she calls out his name. And that's the, that's the last she sees of him. Mm -hmm. um, but like three or four episodes later, it goes back to show you the night before that and his story and why the comic ends up on the ground and why he's not around <laughs> anymore. And then he ends up in a place where there's an unexpected reveal at the end that ties back to the very first episode, and it's just the whole freaking show is this complicated, you know, goodwill hunting style algorithm of like piecing together this emotional journey. It really, really pays off. The everybody's incredible. Um, my absolute favorite scene is where she and her rival have to align for one moment. And they're the only two people who are obsessed with this old graphic novel, but they're pretending to be actors in a troupe, even though they hate each other. Mm -hmm. And the guy they're trying to fool says, well, do a scene if you're actors. And they start doing a scene from this graphic novel that they oh. have both memorized as children. <laughs> oh, the only complaint I have, literally the only complaint I have is I think it needed one more episode. The, the final episode wraps up everything, in my opinion, too quickly. Mm -hmm. And yes, oh my God, Lori Petty is in this, says Catherine. Mm -hmm. yeah. She is. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, uh, David Cross is in this uh, for an episode or two. Uh, the cast is outstanding. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It's a book. Apparently the book is great. But I this is a series I'm going to go back to just because I feel like, like the sixth sense, even though the show gives me a lot of that effect anyway, I'm going to watch it again and see things I didn't see the first time and go, oh my God, that's good. Mm. Oh, that's why the, oh my God. It's just mm -hmm. so well plotted. It's one of the best plotted things I think I've ever seen. So, wow. Two thumbs up. I think I remember you uh, saying that you were in the middle of watching this uh, series. You were, you, you said, I really like this, but. 
uh, and I can't remember what it was. It was like three episodes in, but you were had some reservations about it halfway through. I remember that vaguely, but I don't remember what those were. I think it was a little bit before everything started paying off, and mm-hmm. it felt a little fragmented before that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I'm going to have to watch this at some point when I'm not uh, hammering away at Elden Ring. Um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, my... Uh, my next small recommend is a movie that may, I know a lot of you guys out there lament that you can't find some of the stuff we're recommending on streaming and everything. And I'm afraid this is going to be one of another one here because this one is, this one I, uh, according to the real good app is not available on any services, not just not my services, but any services. And I had to buy a overpriced Blu-ray to, to watch this. <laughs> Um, but, uh, heavenly creatures, um, oh. uh, recently watched this and mainly because the, 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 you know, the discussion about, uh, the aforementioned yellow jackets, um, uh, yeah. and Melanie Linsky has, has sort of, uh, come back into the, uh, she's come back into the discussion and, uh, well, she's finally entered the mainstream discussion. Like you saw her in stuff after heavenly creatures, but it was always like really small roles. Like she shows up in sweet home, Alabama, uh, as the mom who, sh- who brings the baby to a bar That's right. and, uh, and she showed up in a lot of like just small roles. She shows up as Matt Damon's wife and the informant and she's, you know, she's kind of, you know, she never hit, I feel like she finally hit the big time, uh, this past year. And, um, uh, but, uh, this also stars Kate Winslet. This movie has the, uh, uh, opening credits has an introducing both Kate Winslet and an, and introducing for Melanie Linsky. What a, oh, wow. what an introducing, uh, kind of credit sequence Seriously. it has. Um, uh, but, this is a, a story set in New Zealand in the fifties. Uh, it's about uh, it's about uh, these two girls who who kill this uh, to kill whoever I can't remember Melanie Melanie Lensky plays someone named Paula I think, um, and uh, they kill her mom. And you're trying to figure out okay how did they get to this point? Most of the point um uh of of this movie is showing their friendship and how it evolves over the time over time and it seems very innocuous but it's very strong and strangely strong uh uh you know and and uh she's melanie linsky is uh uh introduced to the kate winslet character kate winslet is someone who moves around a lot she has tuberculosis tuberculosis and her parents are constantly making her move to warm climates for the good of her health, but they're also basically leaving her there. They're not like really parenting uh, her at all. Um, and uh, they quickly find uh, they quickly find a, a friendship uh, when they're paired together to draw pictures of each other. They're supposed to be drawing portraits of each other. And it is a fun, it's a, I love this scene because it's like a whole bunch of like, uh, girls in this class posing for pictures and everybody's drawing pictures of them and everything. And it gets around to Kate Winslet and Melanie Linsky and Kate Winslet's drawing this picture of like, it's like some complete fantasy sequence, like back in the old days, it doesn't even have Melanie Linsky in it. And the teacher comes by and is like, is like, where is she? And he goes, Oh, and Kate Winslet's like, Oh, well, I haven't gotten around to drawing her yet. Uh, or whatever. And, uh, Melanie Linsky, 
Whiskey turns around and turns to and looks at the picture that she's been drawing. She says, I think it's fantastic. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, um, so they start getting, uh, they start, they start this big friendship and they're always together. They're always hanging out. They start making like entire fa- fantasy worlds together. Uh, like, you know, they have this whole other different world. They start calling each other by the character names and everything. And it's very innocuous, but, um, things start to happen where the, the parent, the Kate Winslet's parents are going to want to move her again. And of course one, there's a, you know, there's, there's a point where the Kate Winslet's parents think that she's a lesbian and, and they don't want her to, you know, they don't want her to be a lesbian. So they trying to keep them apart. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other different complications with parents being parents. Um, and, uh, and it, it, it's at one point where there's going to be a point where they're going to have to, they're gonna have to break them up. And so they plot this murder and everything. And it's, even though, you know, it's going to happen, it's somehow very suspenseful how it how it comes about because you're always sitting there thinking peter jackson does it in this way and i may have buried the lead peter jackson did this movie um (laughs) uh peter jackson uh does it in this way where you're like oh is this the part is this the part where it happens is this the part you know is it it like keeps doing it keeps doing that with you uh throughout um and uh I, i i found the conclusion of this more emotionally powerful than i thought it would be mm-hmm. uh i think if i had seen this movie back in 1994 um uh way back way back when i may have looked at this movie a different way i think now i looked i look at this as um you know the, even though these are our main characters and these are the people we're supposed to care for this murder is like and just it's absolutely stunning and it's like it's it's you you, you're wondering where it comes from and everything it's scary it's downright scary how this comes about um because you know and and you're like how can someone who on the on the surface appears normal gets good grades in in school and all that how do they get to the point where they want to murder somebody and uh, you know, that's a move. That's a question that the movie is not sitting there wanting to answer. It just, it just tells you this is what happens. But Peter Jackson shoots this in a great, I mean, this is, you can see some of his like future Lord of the Rings type stuff in here. Uh, and, uh, and, and the fantasy sequence are really sequences are really well done. Of course, Kate Winslet and Melanie Linsky are fantastic in this. Uh, uh, I know that Melanie Linsky, um, had to had to endure the whole thing where Kate Winslet got all the all the attention after this movie, um, and you know Kate Winslet went on to have you know still has but went on to have a seven Oscar nominated career, including winning one after this. Well, Melanie Linsky is finally getting some accolades, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, twenty seven years later. Um, this movie is really really good. I highly recommend it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I I saw this movie. When it was first on home video or somewhere in the first couple of years, I think mm-hmm. it was at least on the awards radar. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it, uh, uh, I think it got nominated for original screenplay or adapt. I can't even know if it was adapted or original, but it get, did get nominated for an Oscar or two. I don't remember anything about it, so I definitely need to buy an expensive Blu-ray and watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I may have yours. to. I may have to give that to you at some point, <laughs> let you borrow it. But uh, but because uh, it was, it's silly. Like when a blue, when something's out of print, everybody who has a copy of that knows it, and they're like, "We're gonna gouge you. We're gonna." Yeah. Gouge 
gotcha exactly. for this. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, especially if you, if you just now, uh, uh, being introduced to Melanie Linsky now after yellow jackets, uh, you know, and, uh, you, you want to, you want to take a, take a look at where it all began. Yeah. Awesome. All right, now it is time for this week's Big Recommend. All righty. All right, everybody, it's time to talk about HelloFresh. HelloFresh. Listen, the older I get, the more valuable my time becomes, right? Even a half an hour here, 20 minutes there, uh, I can do so much with that. And making a meal for your whole family from scratch or from your own ingredients, it's it's a time-consuming process. And so one of the best things about HelloFresh is how much time it saves you. There are a lot of other benefits because this stuff is delicious. You can get farm fresh seasonal produce, easy to make recipes delivered right to your door. Every week, these ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in under a week. So that's fresh. Mm -hmm. Some of the recipes they're running right now, chicken and pepper cavatappi Milano, crispy Frank's red hot spiced chicken, beef flautus supreme. (laughs) Oh my God. Pork and veggie, bimmy bop. Listen, they send you all the ingredients in the right portions. Mm. You don't even have to do the portions. Yep. And they have a easy-to-follow recipe. Uh, you make this thing, you save time, you're eating healthy, uh, you're eating restaurant-quality meals for way less. Now, if you go to HelloFresh.com slash Recotopia16 and enter the code Recotopia16, you can get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. So take it from me. I've been a HelloFresh customer for quite a while. Uh, it saved me a lot of time. It saved me money. I'm eating better than I ever have before, and I'm loving it. Yeah. HelloFresh.com slash Recotopia16. Use the code Recotopia16. Get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I'm fine, I'm fine. It's just that you're so big. It's so huge. It's a good rule, but this is bigger than rules. It's bigger on the inside. Is it? I noticed. And this week's big recommend is the ice storm. Or, mm-hmm. as I like to call it, everyone is horny and unhappy. Yes. <clears throat> yes, indeed. Now, let me break down the plot of this movie for you. Spider-Man wants to get with Batman's girlfriend. While Spider-Man's sister, Wednesday Adams, is making out with Frodo. And Frodo's mom is Ellen Ripley. Uh, Okay, I'll stop there. No, Um, I wish you could keep going. That would be amazing. I I wish I could. Uh, That's one of my favorite things about watching this movie is Mm -hmm. almost every scene has a new recognizable face. Oh, that person's in this. Oh, that person's in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, David Crumholtz is in this. Yeah. Oh, Henry Steardy is in this. Yeah. Um, and it just goes on and on. This is a set in the 70s. This is about uh, a suburb community near the big city. I'm not sure it ever specifies. They name the town as New Canaan, but I don't know if that's a real place or not. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, Kevin Klein and the husbands go to the city for work and make money and the wives stay home and visit each other and the kids wander wherever. And <clears throat> it's a simpler time. Uh, mm-hmm. And there is 
obviously the titular ice storm that is the slow burn of this movie. And it's, it's always there on the horizon. It's talked about on the news. It's, it's, they're always hinting at it. And then Ang Lee starts showing the ice, building up and building up. And my very favorite thing about this movie is, especially on your first viewing, you have no idea what the tragedy is going to be. Mm-hmm. But you know there's a tragedy coming. There's an unnerving sense all the way through this movie, for sure, yeah. where you're just like, oh, oh, my God. And especially, we'll get to it, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Once it hits. Oh, my God. Once it hits. Uh, <clears throat> so, I say, jokingly, everybody's horny, but almost everybody in this movie is horny. Yeah, yeah. Um, both the brothers, Elijah Wood and his brother, uh, are both, you know, fooling around with Christina Ricci. Uh, the kid from uh, Jumanji. It is the, the kid from Jumanji. Yeah, um, I could have I could have thrown that into my role, really, you know, <laughs> yep. photos. Little brother is the kid from Jumanji. Dang it. Yep. Um, and you know, uh, Kevin Klein is cheating on Joan Allen because that's what you do uh, mm-hmm. with yeah. uh, Sigourney Weaver, which is their next door neighbor. You can walk back and forth from and a little uh, Dave reunion there. Yeah, a little Dave reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, completely different characters though. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately we get to. Uh, the infamous key party, uh, which I don't know if you're going to do a key party that you would surprise your guests with that. Um, right. <laughs> I would think you would let people know in advance unless you just don't think anyone will come. Um, there's also, there's also the chance, I don't know. And, and, and it may have to go back on a review of this movie, but maybe there's a chance that they are so uh, like up their own ass that they don't even realize that it's a key party when they're going like they've they, been told but they oh, just oh i see that's entirely possible that's that i mean that's i don't think that is explicitly said i'm just saying it it, it could be read that way no i agree um mm. i think this movie is just littered with very interesting but real seeming people um uh the Tobey Maguire story probably gets a little more airtime than I would give it. Yeah. But I also think he kind of anchors that, that shot at the train station at the end. Mm-hmm. If he hasn't had his own completely separated experience, then him looking at his family like that doesn't kind of, it wouldn't play as well. I don't think. Yeah. And right? this is all, yeah, for sure. And this is also, he's playing off a big fantastic four, uh, uh, allegory, I guess. Um, I don't know if I'm using that word correctly, but, uh, one of those it's, he's been reading that and he's, he's been taught, he's, he's talked about how, uh, you know, the fantastic four, they're, they're good away from each other or whatever. It's some sort of, uh, you know, allusion to, I mean, not allusion, some sort of, uh, discussion about how they're good away from each other and they need to be together as a family, but, if they're together as a family, they can hurt each other more. Yes. And, uh, and so that's sort of where, where this is leading throughout this thing. He's reading it on the, on the train too. And, uh, um, and so that's, that's, I, I agree. He does have to be in this sort of disconnect, uh, uh, or else it doesn't play the same way. If he's with the family during that whole thing, there's no telling what what could have happened during all of that. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I mean, everything might have played different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I love. I just, I just a few notes that I wanted to mention. 
Um, when he go, when he when Elijah Wood gives his essay in class mm-hmm. about how when you smell, you're actually inhaling molecules of the thing mm-hmm. that gave off the smell. Mm-hmm. And at first, I'm like, that's kind of an interesting way to look at it. And then he's like, so next time you go to the bathroom, just think about what molecules you're bringing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the teacher's face goes from like nodding to. Oh, oh, oh no. this was and not just, a nice essay. It perfectly fits because they refer to him a few times in the movie as like weird Mikey or whatever. But you don't really see a ton of evidence of him being weird. But that's a pretty good clue right there. Mm-hmm. That essay in class. And it also made me laugh. Yeah. Um, and then I love when Kevin Klein's trying to give Toby Maguire uh, the sex talk in the car <laughs> even though toby has already said i'm do you know i'm 16 right yeah <laughs> like well on the subject of self-abuse i don't think it's wise to do it in the shower because <laughs> yeah. it wastes water and electricity <laughs> yes a lot of these uh, by the way uh uh one of the comments apathy nihilist says the fantastic four will lose their powers if they stay apart yes that uh, is uh that uh, is uh, uh one of the uh, uh the examples that they were well, one of the parts of the story that uh mcguire is trying to say uh a lot of these people are playing much younger than they are in real life in this movie. So it's, 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 it's weird to like Toby Maguire is like 23 or 24 in this movie and he's playing 16. Yeah. Um, Christina Ricci is, I believe 16 or 17 in this movie, but she's playing 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it just, it's weird hearing their ages out loud in this movie. Cause you're like, you're a, a little bit older than that but uh anyway um uh yeah um I, I, this is one of those movies where it just does it doesn't have like a a driving story in in, in any way right. really it's it's a it's a lot of like different episodes or whatever like there's a thread it's not it's a continuous thread it's not like how licorice pizza was earlier this year where mm. early this past year where it's like they're there he's working to uh to start this business and then, then the next scene oh he's not starting that business anymore you know <laughs> and and uh it's 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 a lot of stuff like christina ricci is kind of kind of making out with elijah wood and and she doesn't really know what you want to call it she just kind of i think she just kind of likes to hang out and make out or whatever and then but she finds out that his little brother is uh, uh, worships her and she's obviously got something uh she she feels something about that or in some way i don't know what yeah. it is what you want to call it um uh but she's you know she also like sort of like kind of hang i don't know does some stuff with the little brother too and and it's 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 a weird thing where i think movies a lot of times try to make you think oh well they're the ones that are together so they'll be together and that's the way it is and and everything but this one is like hey they're really young they don't know what they really want at this at this age you know one minute you're making out with this guy and the next one you're going to be making out with his brother so well and i think it's probably meant to suggest i could just be reading into this uh that she is on some level picking up on her own father's sexual promiscuity and Mm -hmm. her own parents issues and that is confusing her sexuality at 14 Mm -hmm. i mean a lot of things come into your brain yeah Uh, but I, I do think that's supposed to be some sort of reflection on because now Toby's off at boarding school. He's not affected by that that mm-hmm. marriage collapsing, but 
she is. And I think one of the ways kids react to marital trauma is sometimes drugs, sometimes sex, sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, violence. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but <clears throat> anyway, uh, nobody's happy. Nobody in this movie is happy. No. Nope. And I don't know if that's a commentary or if that's just to suggest this neighborhood is mm -hmm. entirely unhappy. Mm -hmm. But um, you look throughout, is the little brother the only guy that gets to be happy, maybe? Like, yeah. Toby doesn't get the girl he wants. Um, yeah. The, nobody's marriage is in really great shape at the end. Mm -hmm. um, like, well, uh, and and God, and what and and what a fascinating character Sigourney Weaver plays in this, by the way. <laughs> like, she's having an affair with Kevin Klein, but you can say it's the most emotionally detached of uh, yeah. uh, affair that anyone can have. Uh, when he starts trying to talk about his life and everything, <laughs> she's. She's like, I already have a husband. And by the way, her husband, oh my God, that poor bastard. Oh what is one of the all time, this poor bastards yes, uh, of all time. But um, especially, and I'm going off on a bunch of tangents, but especially when he does have the chance to sleep with Joan Allen later on in the movie. And then, and he, it's in the car and it's like, like two seconds. He's already, <laughs> and he's like, oh, he's like, oh my God, I'm sorry. That because was terrible. That was awful. <laughs> And, uh, but, um, but, but Sigourney Weaver, uh, obviously is like, just, I mean, it's, I don't even, I mean, I don't know what you want to call her in this. I don't know if there's a, a clinical definition. It's not, I don't think she's a sociopath, but she's, I don't know. She's close to something like that. Uh, in yeah, this. because she doesn't care one way or yeah, she doesn't care one way or the other about what's going on here. And yeah. there's a point where, he says something, he, he's talking again, and she doesn't like that. And she goes, it's like, I'm going to go get some birth control. And goes, oh, okay. And then she just leaves the house. Yeah. And then, <laughs> confusingly, he wanders around the house in his underwear. This is not his house. Mm -hmm. uh, this is an affair you're having. And he just wanders around in his underwear, checking out all the rooms. Yeah. As, as though there couldn't be somebody who comes home, which is exactly what happens. Yeah. Um, I, I was confused by why he was... I guess he was expecting her to come back. Mm -hmm. uh, it took him a long, it took him way too long to realize that she was gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, she's very detached from everything. Her husband, her, you know, affair, even her kids. She's mm -hmm. kind of going through the motions when she's parenting. And that's why I think even at the, at the end, and I don't know how, how, how spoilery are we getting here? Cause I, I don't know how many people in the chat have actually gotten to see this movie, but um, but I think we know something tragic is going to happen. It, ha it it happens to her family yes. and she's the only one at the end. Who's not even around, uh, when that news is, uh, sprung on everybody. I, I think, right. I, I don't need, I think the movie is basically saying she's going to shrug that off. Like oh, that. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think the the younger brother and the father it, it, both show clear love for that kid in that mm -hmm. scene. Oh, I just ruined it. Oh well. <laughs> um, uh, I don't really care because we told you ahead of time, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I do. Yeah, care. no, I that's bad. fine. I I mean, I I don't I don't think we're we're that 
uh, we're going to be that adherent to, to spoilers on these type of things. I mean, a lot of times we try to avoid it so that people will go and watch it, but it's hard to not, it's hard not to talk about the death that happens in this movie. I agree. And I don't think it should keep you from watching it, even knowing what happens. Yeah. But when the ice storm is at its peak, let's start there. Mm-hmm. There are several people out and about Elijah Wood, uh, wants to go hang out with Christina Ricci and calls her and she's like, well, maybe. And so he Mm -hmm. goes out to some field to play in the ice. Yeah. And then she goes out and goes over to that house to hang with little bro. Well, then there are people sporadically leaving the key party, not with, with not their spouse Mm -hmm. and driving in these reckless conditions. And so it puts about a half a dozen people's lives in the balance. Mm -hmm. And when it finally cuts back to him, Sliding down the street and giggling. I think that's when you start to realize what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And the way the scene pl- is played. Oh, sparing, my God. Sparing score. And then the way it's shot after he's dead. as Because it's an ice storm, the body just slides down. Yeah. And well, that punches my gut. It's so like the, especially too, because he's seeing it in a way that you try to, you try to put yourself in this same situation. If you're sitting on an innocuous guardrail on the side of the road and you see these, he knows that he's in danger, but he doesn't know enough that to jump off of the guardrail. I forget what he says. Something. He like, says oh, something God. like, Oh no. Yeah. yeah. But he doesn't move. Yeah, and there's all these live wires going towards it, and then you don't—I don't even know if the movie has shown you that he's sitting on the guardrail yet. Maybe he, maybe they have, but once that hits it, you're like, "Oh, is he sitting on that? Is he touching yeah. that right now?" And he behind, sure as yeah. fuck is. Um, and, uh, and and this is this is when they come back to him. Remember, they they take a long way away from him too because. He's on that diving board in that that on well, that swimming pool with no water. And yeah. and he's and he's like slipping on it as he's walking on it and he's he's bouncing up and down on it and you're like, "Oh, this can't end well." Yeah. And so they go away from him for like 10 or 15 minutes. Yep. And you're like, w- w- "Are they just going to find him in the swimming pool later yep. on?" And then you see him, "Oh, he's okay." And that's the the big rug pull out from under you type thing that it does. Yeah. Um, so, ah, yeah. So, uh, anyway, the ice storm, uh, from 1997, 97, Ang Lee, Uh, Lee, who is still one of our best directors. Uh, Mm -hmm. this is one of the early films American audiences got, uh, from him. And, uh, if you haven't got a chance to see it yet, hopefully some of this discussion, uh, will push you in that direction. Uh, when you are able to come across it and, uh, I oh, and now it's go ahead. One one more thing, uh, since yes. we've already spoiled it, Kevin Klein breaking down at the end when he sees oh. to- Toby McGuire oh. in the back seat. It's a perfect ending. Um, it's it's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like well, and he's oh, been like, holding it in this whole point because yeah. he sees and he says he sees someone he slightly knows that he called weird earlier in the movie that he wasn't too sure he should be hanging out with his daughter. Yep. Um, sees that kid dead, brings that kid to, uh, his father who's just like, again, he's just a sad sack, poor bastard guy. And, and what, what a terrible night this guy has had. Uh, 
you know, it, it's like three different things all hit him at once. I think he realized his wife was cheating on him. I think he, uh, you know, he had that awful Joan Allen experience and now, yeah, that to punctuate it. Now he's lost his kid. So yeah, this movie is devastating. Uh, and, uh, I had forgotten, uh, I hadn't seen it in forever. So I'm glad that you recommended this. Awesome. All right. Well, do you have a super secret double feature recommend? Be very, very quiet. Secret. What secret? A dirty little secret. I tell you something I've never told anyone. I do. I I thought of a couple of movies during uh, during this point. Um, the first, well, I'm gonna. The first one ended up being the one that I'm gonna go with. Okay. Um, one of the movies that I thought of during this was Magnolia. Um, Magnolia, uh, has that kind of like, there's not a real story driving it. There's a big storm in it that make that factors in. This is a frog storm, not an ice storm, but (laughs) imagine if that had been the name of the movie, (laughs) the frog storm. (laughs) Uh, and, um, and so, um, a lot of these just sort of seemingly disconnected stories, uh, people going in and out of each other's lives uh, that that came to mind but I could not shake Wonder Boys I could oh. not shake it um, and it's not because oh. it's not because Wonder Boys has a lot I mean it doesn't have I think the tone is a little bit different in Wonder Boys it's a little bit more comedic than Ice Storm yeah. Ice Storm's a little bit more black comedy kind of thing yeah. but uh, you can't shake that Toby Maguire and Katie Holmes, uh, both in the same movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, drugs are a big factor in this, yeah. uh, infidelity, Michael Douglas with Francis McDormand in this movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, just the overall adult feel and tone of this movie, I think would pair well with the ice storm. And uh, so I couldn't shake wonder boys in this at all. That's one of my very favorite movies and will a hundred percent one day be a recommend on this very podcast. Mm. Uh, that's a good call. I like that. Uh, there is a lot of connections there. Um, even the, even Robert Downey Jr.'s character is sort of sexually lost, just mm-hmm. like Christina Ricci's character in um, the ice storm. Yeah. It's a good pull. Yeah. Wonder boys is on HBO max says, uh, I don't know how to pronounce your name. Eight. <laughs> Eight. Eights? Eights? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Thanks for that information. All right. I think mm-hmm. it is now time to announce next episode's big recommend. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark. Yeah. Um, so this is Sin Week, and every Sin Week we run out of theater to watch one of the brand new movies that uh, is coming out. And because it's in the spring usually, we – you know, we have, we don't have like the best of the best or anything usually that, that come up, uh, one year, the, the first year was the best year. I think that, uh, yep. we had, we had, uh, we had us, um, as a, as a, as a feature, uh, we had bloodshot in yeah. another one. That was, that was, that was bad. Let me do that was bad. And then we did Godzilla versus Kong virtually. That wasn't very good. Uh, but you know what? There is a theme. Aisa Gonzalez is in three of these movies. Ambulance is going to be the next Recotopia. I hope, I hope and pray that we're able to actually recommend this movie. Uh, but it's Michael Bay and... <laughs>
I am I I am going to I'm going to have a lot of fun in the crowd watching this movie. I know, no matter what happens. It it'll be, be def it'll definitely be better than Bloodshot. And first off, Jake Gyllenhaal's that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's um, always fun. Uh so um so yeah. Uh yeah, ambulance is gonna be in our next episode. And then it's 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 weird. We've had this weird like run on this on this it's just though how everything started and everything. We had this weird run where we're like, okay, we're gonna do the Batman, and then we did, uh, you know, the the best of, and now we we met, went back to normal for one episode. Now we're going back to some <laughs> way off. We're going way off on this one to do ambulance. So, well, we did uh, do two episodes. We did do Lone Star, uh, and then oh, that's right, that's right, that's but, correct. Uh, but yeah, hopefully after ambulance we can get back to a good string. Of mm. We know it's good before we recommend it. Yeah. All right, let's do some questions. Questions. All right. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I'm listening. I want the truth. All right. <laughs> Has your favorite movie changed over the years? If so, why? For example, in my 20s, my favorite movie was Clerks, but as I've gotten older, my number one spot is now The Princess Bride. I've always hmm. loved both movies, but I find Bride more fun to watch. Chris? Um, yeah, I mean, I, anytime someone asks me like, what is your favorite movie? I'm going to knee jerk, say back to the future. Um, just because it's, uh, it's something that's always been around my life. It feels like, and I've seen it so many times, but I think over the years, if you were to ask me and I were to truly assess, uh, movie experiences that I, I, you know, I'm going to end up putting above back to the future these days movies that i would maybe prefer to watch these days uh city of god is going to be one of those movies uh might be a future episode city of god um city of god is uh is a movie that i didn't know anything about going into it was an unusual circumstance by which the by which i watched it uh at hollywood 27 we didn't get very many press screeners at all because that was usually green hills um that got those um for some reason we got city of god as a press screener and uh so built that movie watched it one morning before a shift and just blown away by that movie blown away was rooting for it to like sweep a bunch of oscars of course it was going up against like lord of the rings and stuff so um but that movie is amazing awesome um uh, i think when i was really little part of this is just age uh and part of it is you know as you grow up you 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 change like you don't you're not the same person you were when you first said my favorite movie is disney's robin hood which was probably mm. me at mm -hmm. age seven mm -hmm. uh, and then i graduated to muppets take manhattan for several years and yep. then it was back to the future for several years <laughs> and in college it was the cable guy i probably watched that every day for a month straight mm -hmm. um and then finally, The Matrix is what I currently call my favorite movie of all time. But most of you know, I have seen The Martian. God, we're creeping up on 60 or 65 times now. And it yeah. might overtake one day. I, I wouldn't. I have no idea what my favorite movie will be in 10 years. And uh, I allow myself to change and my opinion and answer to that question to change. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a good question. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> moving on. What is your favorite Roll credits moment or moments. Oh, I, you know what? I completely did not see this question in the, uh, in the email. Oh, excellent. So, um, so I, so go ahead and answer this okay, question. I'll try to come didn't... up with some. 
at least you didn't pull a Jeremy and, and like misinterpret the question. Yeah. Um, all right. So I actually wrote the uh, the Matrix. The, you know, like it's said a few times, but when Morpheus says it, um, <clears throat> I think is a great roll credits moment. Welcome to Jurassic Park. That's ah, a great roll credits ah, moment. Yes. Uh, and then I put uh, and again. Uh, this is not the first time in the movie, I don't think, but forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. It's a great roll credits moment, even though I think they say Chinatown 52 times in that movie mm-hmm. before that. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so roll credits moments are usually annoying, but sometimes they can be fun. Do you yeah, have, uh, I don't... Any spring? Um, I don't know if this is a great, <laughs> great one. It's going to make me laugh if I ever see this movie again, but... Uh, it's, it's probably a bad moment. And if I gave the, I, I need to give this question probably some more, uh, due time, but, uh, actually probably let, let's just say it is a bad moment in the movie white squall. Uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a point where Jeff Bridges is looking out into the water and the kids are all like on the boat or whatever. And they see the water coming towards them and he goes white squall and that's when the white squall comes in um uh but i can't rem- i can't uh you know i can't think of anything right off the top of my head uh you can I, I mean hey we can we can say back to the future has a good roll credits moment uh, um, uh yeah somebody in the comments uh, has suggested that, like yeah. next oh someone did that um yeah. uh someone you know it's like when uh when doc's like next saturday night we're gonna it's at the end of that great like run through everything that's going to happen yeah. and everything. We're sending you back to the future, you know. So, uh, Catherine says the Lord of the Rings roll credit moments felt forced. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it did. They announced the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, 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 for sure. <clears throat> All right, moving on. Are there any instances of some of your favorite actors giving performances that you actually ended up disliking? Um, yeah, um, I really like Ryan Reynolds a lot. Um, but in the Amityville, Amityville horror remake where he is sort of, and he's, I guess he's fine. It's just that it just doesn't, Ryan Reynolds has a brand and, and this was, and this was even before like a lot of people got on the Ryan Reynolds bandwagon with Deadpool and everything. Van Wilder was like his big thing. Two guys in a pizza place. Those type of things had come out, but the Amityville horror remake, he's just he's he's super intense in that movie it's just it's off-putting when you see it because he's such a jovial actor uh you know i'm sure totally fine honestly if you really wanted to come that's what he's supposed to be he's supposed to be a deranged you know father with a house talking to him and tell him to kill his family and everything uh but i i I didn't i didn't like it so (laughs) so that's that also peter falk in the run of Columbo episodes that I've watched, wow. uh, I've watched um, I've watched everything in the seventies, and I'm now getting into the nineties when I have a chance to get into the Columbo stuff. But there are two episodes in the seventies run where he plays like the whole episode. It feels like he's just drunk or something, and it's, they're trying to play it up for some laughs or or whatever. But it just comes off just being weird. Uh, because Peter Falk as Columbo is always like the super professional guy who is a little bit of a, he's, he's, he's a little bit annoying, not all the way annoying. He never gets to that point. Uh, and that's what he does in a couple of episodes. So I, I, I would, I would also include that. I just thought of one that has two actors that I can name in a single movie. And that's Alex Cross, 
Um, oh, yeah. Which is a movie I only watched because of Aaron. Um, but I don't hold a grudge or anything. But uh, listen, I'm not talking about Medea Tyler Perry, which I have only seen one movie anyway. But Tyler mm-hmm. Perry in Star Trek, Tyler Perry in Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great actor. He's fine. Yeah. He's good. Yep. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, he's playing the young version of Morgan Freeman's detective from Along Came a Spider. Um, and it's just too serious. Oh, yeah. And then on the other end of the, the same movie of Matthew Fox, who's just fine and great in Party of Five and Lost. But here he's playing a Hannibal Lecter-esque <laughs> crazy killer with tattoos all over his body, uh, who's like buff as shit. And it just didn't work. Man. Yeah. That movie should be a comedy and it would be perfect. But everybody's mm-hmm. playing it straight and it's it's not. I also wrote down, let's see, that one just came to my head. But I also wrote down uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Blown Away. Or yeah. Oh, that awful Irish accent and everything. Oh, my God. He's such a good actor. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but that was that year not. that he was in everything. That Blown Away year, 94, he was in everything that he year. He sure was. Um, um, let's see who we got in the chat over here being recommended. One's uh, Alan Tudyk in 42, and they're talking mainly the character and not the performance. And I agree. Yeah. Uh, although I will say, I don't. I don't know how it really was back in the Jackie Robinson day. Uh, if that's how, if, if he said the N word that many times, but my God, man, that is like a world record amount of N word usage in one scene is Alan Tudyk in 42. Um, and it gets, it really, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I guess they're trying as best as they can. You're never going to be able to know what Jackie Robinson actually felt, but I think they're trying the best that they can to make you feel somewhat like that. Yeah. They made me feel something, but again, can't compare them. Mm-hmm. All right. The chat is breaking down into some ludicrous <laughs> things. We'll move on. Um, take a property that hasn't already had a film version made and tell us however many details you want regarding casting, director, production that you would do. It can be a book, a comic, a song, a TV show, short story, video game, poem, whatever you want. I think I might have stole one of Chris's answers. I apologize. Um, I don't know if you did or not. I, um, it's a long story, but I'm not as prepared as I usually am with these questions. But, uh, the, um, I don't, I don't know if you stole anything or not. I just off the top of my head, uh, would like to know the story of the making of back to the future. Uh, at least see it as, uh, see it. Um, I already know a lot about it. I just like to see it dramatized. I'd like to see the whole thing with Eric Stoltz. Oh, uh, interesting. I'd like to see the, you know, Michael J. Fox having to do this and family ties at the same time. Uh, mm. cause there's, cause he had to do family ties. Then he had to take, then he'd take the summer break or something to do back to the future. Then he had to come back to do, fa- I can't remember if he had to do both at the same time. Cause they, I think they wrote him out a little bit in family ties so they could do this or it was, it was some sort of break, but whatever the case may be is his, his schedule at the time had to have been insane. And I wanted to know, I want to explore that. I also want to explore the fact that they wanted to call this movie spaceman from Pluto, which has a really great, um, backstory to it because, uh, I believe it was Sid Sheinberg, who was a producer at the time, wanted to call it spaceman from Pluto and Steven Spielberg, uh, 
wrote a note to him saying, ha ha, what a funny joke. Uh, you wanted to call it Spaceman <laughs> from Pluto. <laughs> and apparently he never brought it up again, Sid Scheinberg, oh, wow. never brought it up again because he, he didn't want to go through the awkwardness of saying I wasn't joking. Oh, that's wow. how, that's sort of the genius of Spielberg as a producer and as a heavy hitter in Hollywood. It's amazing. Uh, to, uh, to get, the, but I want to, I want to see all of that. I think there, I think the story of how that movie was made is uh is is uh very interesting in fact almost there's a lot of great movies i'd love to see an ad- adaptation there's that uh, they've either just come out with or uh are coming out with something about how the making of the godfather uh is uh is uh, yeah with uh uh dude man um who's in top gun 2 miles mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah yeah exactly <clears throat> all right well um I like that. I would like to see a multiverse back to the future where like a second uh, DeLorean shows up and Eric Stoltz hops out and Michael J. Fox is like, what the hell? And then a third <laughs> one pulls up. It's Christian Slater. And he's like, what's up guys? Yeah. He's like, I'm just right, here. Um, I'm just here gleaming the cube guys. I went <laughs> gleaming the cube. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with red dead redemption. Uh, yeah. No, that, that game itself could be called a sort of a, watered down generic kind of western mm-hmm. um but if you put the coen brothers on it and music by bear mccreary and you cast timothy oliphant as lead yeah i think you got something there oh yeah um, definitely and um, uh yes I, I acknowledge the people in the comments Catherine and patrick who are naming books that i've written yeah um, i was gonna say uh uh when, when the corn is waist high written by some unknown author um, yeah, uh, starring Ethan Hawke and directed by David Venture. Yeah, boy, that would be that'd be a something. That'd be something right there. I'd like that it. Would be something. That would be yep. a good double feature, by the way. Ethan Hawke. Uh, it would be you know that movie with uh, the, the Paul Schrader movie, the the priest movie that he made. Uh, first with, reformed. First reformed. Yeah, first reformed, and you have the corners waist high. Have that as a double feature. Uh, <laughs> that would be different priests. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> All right. Um, let's. Uh, I think we got time for one or two more. All right. Like Jerry and Seinfeld, who made out during Schindler's List, what movie have you tuned out in order to make out? Or, or more. more. Mm. And if you never made out during a movie, what movie was either boring enough or sexy enough to make you want to tune it out and make out with something? <laughs> uh, the one I remember is Mad Love, a movie that came out in 1995. Matthew Lillard and Drew Barrymore, they're in Seattle. That's all I remember about the movie. Is and, it uh, Chris O'Donnell in that, or is that a different one? Uh, Chris O'Donnell, I think, might be in that. Yes, actually. Um, yeah, right. I think he is in that uh, because because Chris O'Donnell and Drew Barrymore just happened to be in Batman Forever together the same year. I think this was just like uh, one of those uh, weird things. Uh, but yeah, that's all. That's all I remember about that movie. I, I'm, I think the movie is terrible. I think I think if if I recall, that movie is terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, so yeah, I didn't miss much. You know who else is in that movie? Friend of today's episode, Joan Allen. Oh, really? Joan yeah. Allen. Wow. Um, I put uh, The English Patient, uh. which is true. And then uh, The Green Mile, only because for a very brief period. I was wow, The Green Mile. Well, listen, <laughs> during, during the I tried to take it back scene. <laughs> I was dating a girl who didn't really have anything to do, so she came to the theater this is at Hollywood, even. Um, uh-huh. And I let her into Green Mile uh, to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. But 
like you do when your girlfriend is in the theater and you're on a projection shift. You sneak in there every now and then and say, hey, what's going on? And you make out a little bit and then you leave. Um, I had at that point not seen the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure in hindsight, what's up? (laughs) 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 Um, I'm pretty sure I annoyed her. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're not together for much longer. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, uh, I think that's probably going to do it for today's episode. All right. Um, thanks to uh, all the people in the live chat. Um, mm-hmm. And to all of you listeners out there, if you would like to become a part of the live broadcast in the chat, you can go over to our patreon.com slash cinemasins, join our sin club, uh, and uh, whatever level that is, uh, when you get there, we'll get you access to be part of this. And uh, we really enjoy you guys being a part of it. Uh, it does sort of feel more like a group discussion, and I think it keeps things lively. Yeah, for uh, sure. <clears throat> and whenever we can't remember things because we're idiots, it's great that they can yeah. come up and say, hey, hey, it's this is the answer, guys. The answer is love and other drugs, if you didn't yeah. know. So. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, uh, good to have you guys again. Uh, anyway, uh, that's, uh, that's it for this episode. Next week is ambulance for some of you. It'll be in a few days. Uh, and yeah, hopefully we have fun with that, but, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys. See ya. Bye. part of the live show by being a member of the sin club at patreon at patreon.com slash cinema sins chat with us on the cinema sins discord at discord.gg slash cinema sins or cinema sins twitter at cinema sins and email any comments or questions to recotopia at cinema sins.com that's r-e-c-o-t-o-p-i-a at cinema sins.com I got read now I have reading to do. Mm-hmm. Shit. So every other boy band that came before them is looking at them like going, How did you do that? Mm-hmm. We only produced one you know, stand out each boy band prior right. to one yeah. direction. I don't know how the hell BTS is gonna do it when they break up because there's no. like thirteen yeah. of those guys. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, I don't know why when I apply for things like passports why I always have the wrong information when I go in uh, to a place. I always have something that I'm missing when I go in to when it happened when I had, when I had to get the, the gold star on my driver's license and all that. Oh, I haven't uh, even done that yet. Um, I did that. I did that actually before the real, um, deadline for it. Oh, wow. And, and, um, and it, and it, and it, I read the stuff on the online and it was like, have this and have this. And, and it didn't say you must have this or anything like that. It just says bring, it's always vague. It's always like bring one or two, mm-hmm. uh, proof of residency and all that. And, um, and so like this passport thing said, we need, a copy of your birth certificate, either the real birth certificate or the copy is what I read. Now I could go back to the site today and it says you need to have your real copy of it, your real version. But I read it a couple of times and it says you need to have either your birth certificate or a copy. So I made a copy of it because I'm like, why would you send your real birth certificate in the mail and have a chance of it getting lost? Yep. And uh, so I copied it. And I also copied my driver's license, 
uh, front and back on one page. And, uh, and I brought in the application, had everything filled out and I come in and, uh, first thing they say is, uh, do you have the, the photos that you were, so, that you need for this? And I said, I thought that's what this was for. I thought we, I come in and you take my picture and that's how this works. And they're like, <laughs> and it you know, you know, like, it could have been worse. I suppose it could have been a long line at the post office, uh, just constantly every time. And I just went through the big long line and then found out that I got fucked again. Um, <clears throat> give me what you need and I'll take heed to lead you in the right direction for affection. Do you remember that? God, I should remember that. Yeah. It's from some nineties hip hop song. And I don't remember what it was. I feel like it was, uh, Belle Bib DeVoe. <laughs> type that in google we need to figure this out i don't know why that certain lyrics stay in my head let's see give me what you need i probably even got them wrong and i'll take heed to lead you in the right direction for i got them wrong because google doesn't know what the fuck i'm talking about <laughs> lyrics for do anything by natural selection me what you need not give me Mm. And I'll take heed and lead you in the right direction for affection. See what I'm saying? Oh, I gotta get the rest of this now. I gotta click through. What is this? Uh, who's this called? Uh, huh? What? Who? The song in the band? Who's this? It's uh, Natural Selection. It's okay. the album. Um, I guess that's the band as well, and the song is Do Anything. Mm-hmm. Why is this what I remember? My God. <laughs> direction for affection. See what I'm saying? I ain't playing. Stop delaying, girl, and make me your natural selection. Nice. Oh, <clears throat> so they uh, were they were a band that that lived that they lived their name. They they made an album. They put it in the song lyrics. <laughs> it's like bad company. 